from Indianapolis with an eye on every corner of the state. This is IBJ Media's Inside Indiana Business with Gary Dick. Presented by Elevate Ventures and Indiana University. Jackson 5 found their groove growing up in Gary, Indiana. There's a different vibe in the region now. New tracks to power rail riders more quickly across northwest Indiana. The pace also picking up for companies cranking out alternative energy. While staying in tune, the leader of the band in the region, the steel industry. Northwest Indiana picking up the beat, finding its new groove, dancing into the future, much like Michael and company did back in the day. Hello and welcome to Inside Indiana Business. I'm Gary Dick coming to you this week from Northwest Indiana, specifically 11th and Franklin Streets in downtown Michigan City. Very quiet here right now, but in a matter of months that will change dramatically with trains uh, running through this area filled train stations as well. The double track project talked about for many, many years will come to life. A $650 million project has been talked about and now will become reality. One of two major rail projects in the region with implications for the regional economy and the state. For some perspective now on what these two major projects will mean for Northwest Indiana and the entire state of Indiana, really, please be joined by Mike Nolan. Mike is the president of the South Shore Line. And uh, Mike, uh, it's been a long time coming, right? And yeah. we can certainly see progress here. And actually, uh, the double tracking is, is set to uh, be finished, be completed next spring. Yep, a little over a year now. We'll be done and running and adding 14 new trains a day, knocking off 20-25 minutes off the commute time, way better on time performance. So it's an exciting time to be on the South Shore Line. So the double tracking project, uh, 650 or so million dollars, the uh, the West Lake Corridor, some 950 million connecting, uh, uh, further connecting some high growth areas uh, here between the two, uh, you know, a billion six or, or so in investment. What does it put in perspective for folks who aren't from this area? What does it mean for Northwest Indiana? Huge connectivity opportunities to get to and from Chicago, making quality a place the real opportunity for folks who want to consider this Northwest Indiana region as a location to relocate. Um, it gives us an opportunity to attract talent, to keep our young people here, to attract folks who want a job in Chicago, get the higher wage, 40% premium, but are looking for a place to, to live where they can commute easily to the city. In terms of what these big projects are going to attract in terms of private sector investment, I know there's some big numbers and some projects already on the books. Sure, and you know, our friends over at the Regional Development Authority uh, here in Northwest Indiana did an economic projection where they expect something in the range of $2.5 billion to be invested in Northwest Indiana from the rail projects themselves. I can tell you where we are today here at 11th Street in Franklin in downtown Michigan City, we're already seeing hundreds of millions of dollars of committed economic investment, and we haven't started a brand new train for over a year. Yeah, and, and you mentioned it, it actually a stone's throw from where we're standing right here. Flaherty and Collins has already committed to a major development. I know there's a parking garage and some other uh, investment already on the books. Yeah, I'm excited. They're going to build a multi-story parking garage for us, a brand new station that will be centered right here on the property as well, along with a couple hundred luxury apartments, some uh, office retail. It 
it really is going to be an economic boon for, for Michigan City. And again, you mentioned talent earlier, and that's such a huge issue uh, everywhere um, in the country, but certainly everywhere in Indiana as well. Uh, are you already starting to see, I know you're starting to, to pitch Northwest Indiana as a place, hey, you work in downtown Chicago, come live here in Indiana. Sure, what a, what a great story to tell. And we've always had great quality of place. We have wonderful tax, uh, property tax um, uh, situation. Um, we got a state with a triple A credit rating. Now we can unlock the potential and cut down that commute time to and from Chicago, just over an hour from here. And you can be right at Lake Michigan mm -hmm. and enjoy the beauty of Northwest Indiana. This has been talked about, as you know, for, for a long, long time. There are a lot of people who say this is never gonna happen. Yeah. It is becoming a reality now, and as you look at that reality uh, beginning to take place next year when these things open up, uh, do you sense this is a, somewhat of a tipping point for, for Northwest Indiana, that, that opportunity has yeah. been talked about for a long time but maybe never realized? Yeah, there's certainly a lot of people who doubted that we'd ever be here today, and here, and here we are. So great things can happen, and this is a classic example of when this entire community, this entire region of the state came together to make this happen, to support it, to see the vision, and are, are now, I, I'm, I'm convinced, there's just wonderful things in the future to come. Mike Nolan is the president of the South Shore Line. Uh, two major projects well underway here. Mike, thanks for joining us. Thank you. Well, the South Shore projects are perhaps the most visible and most expensive projects in the region, but there are many others in Northwest Indiana underway now as we see communities throughout the region investing in downtown development and quality of place projects all aimed at attracting and keeping talent. Take Valparaiso, where a once dormant downtown is being transformed by tens of millions of dollars in projects, a makeover that began some 20 years ago and includes the $30 million Journeyman Distillery that will open later this year in an old windshield wiper plant. Mayor Matt Murphy thinks it could attract 200,000 visitors annually to Valpo. Just steps from the distillery is a 60-room boutique hotel. And there's the link, a $30 million mixed-use development that includes 120 Class A apartments. Hammond is reimagining its downtown as a result of the Westlake Corridor project, including a $30 million restoration of the historic Bank Calumet building. The bank, just a few blocks away from a future new train station, will include more than 100 luxury apartments. Meantime, in Gary, another transformational project. This one focused on underserved populations. The $30 million Tolleston Opportunity Campus is billed as a model for the state, focusing on youth development, healthy families, healthy communities, and economic development, and bringing those services closer to community. There's been so many times where projects have come to Gary, resources have been injected into Gary, but the people were not, the people were almost a second thought. This time, it looks like they put the people first. And any time that you put people first, you really get a really good feel of what the needs are, what the wants really are, and how they feed back into the community as a whole. So I think that this is a transformational project that will have significant returns way beyond the capital investment of $30 million that, that was injected to make it happen. Well, one of the reasons we are here in Northwest Indiana is our Engage Indiana series, Valparaiso, stop number two of our statewide tour, where some 300 business, community, and academic leaders came together this week for a discussion at Valparaiso University on key issues facing the regional economy, from workforce and education to housing and quality of place. I'm excited about the potential of this region. 
And yes, there's momentum and yes, there's progress, but there is a lot to do and, and to keep that momentum going. And you're seeing the collaboration between communities happen. And that's so important. Well, I think uh, last year, Gary, you and I spoke a little bit about us getting our swagger back and how uh, the tide's kind of turning in northwest Indiana. I'm really feeling that continue to be built upon. Um, this, uh, being one of the uh, $50 million ready applicants for the state been a huge shot in the arm for us. There's 34 projects across that portfolio that are being implemented. And with that $50 million investment, over $600 million of additional investment is following around it. So so it's, it's a pretty exciting time uh, in Northwest Indiana. Northwest Indiana is the second of seven Engage Indiana events this year. Up next, Lafayette and West Lafayette, May 17. The more things change, the more they stay the same. Not exactly the case for the steel industry. It has been, and still is, the backbone of the region's economy. But how steel is made has gone high-tech, and it's kept workers on the job. They now have to know as much about data and analytics as they do about operating a blast furnace. By the way, Indiana produces nearly one-third of all steel in the country, keeping it the steel capital of America. Well, coming up next, the region's role in renewable energy, hydrogen, solar, wind, all part of the power plan of the future, what it means for jobs, growth, and a greener environment. At PNC Bank, we're committed to making a difference in the lives of our customers and communities by helping them move forward financially. As a Main Street Bank, we try to do right by our customers with every encounter. Our local teams offer personalized financial advice to help guide you in making the best decision. We're proud to be part of your community, PNC Bank. See how we can make a difference for you at PNC.com. Copyright 2022, the PNC Financial Services Group Bank, all rights reserved. An aviation driver in the region taking off in several directions. The Gary Chicago International Airport using $6 million in federal funding to support cargo service growth. And the Gary Air Show, returning to the shores of Lake Michigan this summer for the first time in seven years. Here's what's making news around Indiana, brought to you by the Indiana Association of Realtors, Indiana's 21,000 realtors, the neighbors you know, the experts you can count on. While manufacturing continues to be the driver of the Northwest Indiana economy, there are signs of a region that is diversifying. The $40 million digital crossroads data center along Lake Michigan and Hammond and talk of a quantum corridor to begin at Purdue University Northwest in Westville, traveling across Lake, Porter, and LaPorte counties to an internet exchange super hub in Chicago are all tangible examples of the region's connection to the information age. Northwest Indiana is becoming a center for alternative energy as well. BP eyeing a multi-billion dollar investment at its massive Whiting refinery to accommodate hydrogen production. And there is enthusiasm around a potential hydrogen hub in the region. Meantime, Durrell Renewables is continuing to build out its 13,000-acre mammoth solar farm, stretching across Stark and Pulaski counties, the largest solar farm in the United States. And NIPSCO getting national attention for its focus on renewables. We're actually going to eclipse the size of mammoth when we think about the number of megawatts 
uh, over well over a gigawatt of solar that we're putting online. We have three wind farms that are, have been online for all of them for at least 12 months. And the cool thing about it, and, and the thing that we like from an economic development standpoint, is NIPSCO's plan and the way we're executing it. First utility in the entire country. So you think about northern Indiana, northwest Indiana, all the utilities that exist from coast to coast. NIPSCO is the first one across the country to bring this novel structure where we're taking these federal tax credits from the renewables, i.e. there's no renewable portfolio standard in, in Indiana. No one's forcing us to do it. It's on an economic basis and we're taking those tax credits and we're monetizing them for our customer benefit. And as the economy is beginning to diversify, so too is the mindset in Northwest Indiana. Longtime business and community leader Bill Hanna says the reality of the South Shore Rail projects is making a statement that extends beyond their massive economic impact. It's a really big deal because it's one of those pieces, you know, 30 years plus of discussion. And then, you know, to actually see it happening, I think it dispels a lot of skepticism people had about regional efforts. Um, they put their faith behind us. They uh, joined us, you know, as a team member and a lot of people, hundreds of people, thousands of people, elected officials put their capital up on it. And so I'm very happy to see it happen so that we can do the next thing. Uh, it's like, well, we've done it once, we can do it again. Uh, it's proven out, in other words, and I think that's even more valuable than the project itself. Well, Carmel attorney Tom Dockage was born in Gary. He is a Northwest Indiana native, and he asked the question, why not Northwest Indiana? Dockage is a major driver behind a $40 million data center in the city of Hammond on the 77-acre side of a former coal plant on Lake Michigan, as well as a $240 million mixed-use development planned for Michigan City. On the Business and Beyond podcast, Dockage told me he's sick and tired of Illinois residents passing through Northwest Indiana on their way to Southwest Michigan to spend their weekends and their money. It'll be the fastest, most secure fiber network that is that exists today. We have to stop in Indiana, especially specifically Northwest Indiana, we have to stop thinking that we're okay with getting the scraps off the table of Chicago. Home is where the heart is for Tom Dockich. And if you want to learn more about what he's doing to move the ball forward in his old stomping grounds here in the region, you can check out our conversation uh, at InsideIndianaBusiness.com on the Business and Beyond podcast. Coming up next, the best in Indiana tech. We take you behind the scenes at the 2023 Mira Awards, the 24th annual event. Find out which Hoosier entrepreneurs took hope top honors. Welcome to the Mira Awards. It is the Oscars for tech in Indiana. Tech Boyd recognizing the best in tech at its 24th annual Mira Awards for a sellout crowd of more than 1,200 at the JW Marriott in downtown Indianapolis. A round of applause in order for Indiana's brightest tech stars, entrepreneurs from all corners of the state, recognized for their contributions in powering Indiana tech to the next level. There's momentum, the momentum actually accelerating. Uh, most excitingly, a very other key industry in industries is driving economic growth, productivity growth, transforming business, improving standard living and impacting lives. One of those making a big mark, this year's Trailblazer Award winner, Trident Systems CEO Rupal Tanawala, born in India and the first woman in her family to go to college or even work outside the home. I decided to go for a biomedical engineering. So often my parents didn't even understand what I'm studying but they were very supportive and they said, we want you to achieve your dreams. I realized that when you're coming from foreign country, 
digital equity is the key enabler for success in this country and in the time and age in any country. And they were coming here with really very limited resources, just a backpack. Dave Schleppenbach's Cadence Tablet Innovation is opening a whole new world for the blind and visually impaired. His Lafayette-based tactile engineering company, a double winner this year. It has an array of pixels on the surface that move up and down. If I actually push a button, you can see those pixels move. And this is showing a menu here in Braille, but it could also be in print, that a user can feel with their finger and then select the options. The youngest winner at this year's Mira Awards, Carrie Al, a senior at the Signature School in Evansville, who came up with a high-tech way to teach his peers about managing money, an idea that has already spread to some two dozen states. All our lessons are completely interactive. We've got adaptive assessments. So say, for example, we're immersing a student in a real-life financial scenario, and they get a question wrong. We want to ensure that the student gets that foundation before advancing to uh, other topics. So we use the AI to reword the question, and perhaps in a different phrase, different terms used, the student gets it right, and it clicks for them. And another Hoosier tech entrepreneur sparking young people to learn how to fly. Republic Airways Captain Ryan Lynch, winner of the Youth Bridge Builder Award for creating a program to help underserved students land in aviation. I just started it on a uh, sheet of paper was my vision. When an eight and a half by 11 sheet of paper, I tell everyone, I just made a couple few phone calls and said, hey, I just want to bring some students over to see a field trip and stuff from it. And next, you know, we've been doing this for 20 years and seeing how many students this touched. For a closer look at all of this year's winners, go to InsideIndianaBusiness.com. Coming up next, Indiana's lasting impression on the environment. We will tell you about the connection between eco-friendly beer in Bloomington and fresh cuisine in Highland here in Northwest Indiana. Green, green, green. How companies are catering to Hoosiers who are craving an eco-friendlier way of life. I caught up with Yelp's Brittany Smith to talk about five Hoosier businesses that keep sustainability front and center 365 days a year. Brittany, welcome. Great to be with you, Gary. Hey, and uh, we begin, uh, fittingly enough this week, as we have a focus on uh, a lot of things happening in Northwest Indiana, we begin uh, our first uh, stop in the, the uh, community of Highland and the Greenwich Cafe. That's right. This women-owned business is located right on the main street in Highland, and they are known for their smoothies, fresh squeezed juices, and vegan-friendly eats. So if you're if you're going there, one of the top recommended dishes is the vegan Buddha bowl with fresh grains and vegetables. And folks really love that they're using compostable containers and straws and keeping a focus on plant-forward menu options. So these are the small little tweaks that local businesses are making that really add up. Yeah, some Indiana brewers are in the sustainability game as well. A longtime brewer, very successful Upland Brewing in uh, Bloomington. Yeah, Upland has long prided itself in its sustainable practices, like strict recycling policies, solar power usage as a few examples. They really love to team up with local producers for their ingredients and their dishes. And one thing that you maybe wouldn't expect on a brewery menu is they have a lot of vegan and veggie friendly type uh, recipes. So folks really love getting the impossible chorizo tacos there. It stands out in their Yelp reviews. All right, we go from Bloomington to Indianapolis and Amberson Coffee and Grocer. Yeah, this is located in the Fletcher Place neighborhood. And a fun fact about this business, 
They have never served one of their drinks in a single-use plastic or paper cup. They're serving them all in glass jars from the beginning when they first open their doors, which is paving the way. You don't see that in most businesses in Indy for coffee shops. And they offer a dollar off every time you bring that jar back. So they're really trying to keep that cycle going with folks that are coming in. They also compost all their food scraps. So they're keeping sustainability front and center day in and day out. You always get a great uh, statewide flavor uh, each time you're on the show, Brittany. The Loving Cafe is in Fort Wayne. Yeah, and they are known for their vegetarian and vegan cuisine. Folks really love their pad thai and their vegan chocolate cake. So if you live in the Fort Wayne area, this is a really good spot to go. Maybe try vegan food for the first time. You mentioned Upland Brewers uh, Brewing earlier uh, in Bloomington. Another longtime uh, Bloomington uh, uh, organization, Blooming Foods. Yeah, if you're, if you're not familiar with Blooming Foods, it's a grocery store that's a co-op. They've been around since 1976, and they really want to encourage the community, support local businesses. They've got 90 local producers on their shelves, so you can go in and do your grocery shopping and also pick up a lot of great prepared foods there. And actually, right now, they're hosting Earth Fest programming for the Earth Month into May, May 13th with composting 101 and tree plantings. They're just really engaged in the community. Well, there's no way we can leave Northwest Indiana without giving a shout-out to uh, perhaps the region's most famous family. Well, enjoy this clip. From the Jackson Five from Gary and some of the sights and sounds of other gyms here in the region. Thank you for listening to the Inside Indiana Business Television podcast. Remember, you can get the latest business news from every corner of the state at InsideIndianaBusiness.com. I'm Gary Dick. Go out and make it a successful week.